Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Uh, my guest this morning is Jordan Pine. She is the founder and CEO of Greenlight Operation. We'll be having a discussion around the idea of modern-day slavery of sex trafficking when we return. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Community County Services for local, family-based mental health. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. I'm really excited to have uh, this conversation this morning. It's about a very serious uh, issue going on, not just around the world, our nation, but right here in Pennsylvania. I have Jordan Pine, who is the CEO and founder of Greenlight Operation. Good morning, Jordan. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we're uh, grateful for your time and just want to reflect on something that caught my attention uh, back in April. It seemed uh, like on April 8th, a 15-year-old girl goes to an NBA game in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Unfortunately, she was kidnapped, went missing for about 10 days. Fortunately, she was found, sadly and tragically, I mean alive, but in a hotel room in Oklahoma, she was found by Texas Counter Trafficking Initiative, a group that goes looking for children who've been exploited and missing. This can happen anywhere, right? Yeah, this this can absolutely happen anywhere. In fact, um, in Pennsylvania, we rank 12th in the nation for most reported cases of human trafficking. And those sporting events are just one avenue in which people are exploited, but we see it. We see it in cities. We see it in rural communities as familial trafficking, family members, your relatives um, are one of the top traffickers. Uh, statistics are showing with 42% of traffic victims in the most recent National Human Trafficking Hotline report, um, 42% exploited a relative. Um, so it can happen in small. It can happen in small towns. It can happen in big cities, and, and especially here in Pennsylvania. Yes, I think people get the idea that this only happens somewhere else or, you know, we've all seen the movie Taken. Um, not necessarily always like that, right? Even though the the example I gave was more of a Taken situation, this can happen anywhere and, and sadly and tragically does happen. And these small communities uh, may or may not be equipped to deal with that, but you started Greenlight Operation, Jordan. Can you tell us about why you started and who is Jordan Pine? Absolutely. So we started Greenlight Operation as a result of a community event we hosted in 2017. Um, This event drew out probably 250 individuals as we were working to raise awareness about human trafficking. But after this event, we realized that it needs to go beyond just one day a year and saying, all right, you know, we're all aware of trafficking. But the big question then is, what do we do next? And the response, you know, from from this event was great. People wanting to get involved in community members, ordinary people saying we want to see change and we can do better. 
And as we started to assess the region and what resources are available in our state, we very quickly realized that aftercare services to survivors of trafficking, um, they're limited. Uh, in fact, as far as shelters and housing goes, less than half of victims of human trafficking even have access simply because there are not enough beds available. And so as we were assessing these needs and seeing that um, more needs to be done, these ordinary people uh, decided that we were going to get trained on this issue and we were going to make a difference. And so that is truly what sparked Greenlight Operation and uh, very much a grassroots effort that that on very quickly. Yes, and so I know the answer to my next question, but can you explain to uh, our listeners how you came up with the name? Yes, so with Greenlight Operation, um, we decided that we were on a mission to turn red light districts into green light districts. And I know on air we don't have a visual, but if you pull up a heat map of human trafficking in Pennsylvania, you'll see red dots all over the state. And really our heart and our desire is to see those red dots, dots which signify um, areas where there are high concentrations of trafficking. Our desire is to see those um, neutralized, to turn green, and we want to see, again, those red light districts turn to green light districts. So, yeah, that's what, that's what sparked our name. Yes, and so, yeah, I wish we could see that map. I'm sure it's quite fascinating. I have not seen it, but I'll definitely be looking that up after this. Um, you kind of gave us some some statistics. Can you kind of go over some of those again and just kind of give us like facts and figures on sex trafficking in PA and maybe kind of dig into that and like tell us who's being trafficked, what ages they are, and again, where it's happening. It's not just the big cities. It's easy to imagine um, prostitution or something of that manner in big cities, but it's actually all over the place, right? It is, and absolutely is, especially nowadays with so much of life being online. We're seeing more and more people as a result of the pandemic being exploited through online measures and recruited online. Um, so people that are, are maybe, you know, falling for ads that are, you know, advertising some job that, frankly, if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. So folks that are falling for those job advertisements, we see young people that are falling for modeling ads and uh, people that will reach out that look like legitimate agencies that are saying, hey, do you want to collaborate? Do you, do you want to be discovered? You have what it takes. And so they start down this, you know, this fake modeling career that ends up into a situation of exploitation. So we don't even have to leave our homes for a trafficker to potentially poach us. It could be happening uh, within our own homes on the very devices that we utilize every single day. And, and so it can happen online. It could happen, uh, like we mentioned earlier, by a family member. Is 42% of victims were trafficked by a family member. And then 39% were trafficked by a romantic partner. So knowing, you know, what a healthy relationship is and boundaries to set, red flags in those relationships are so vital as we see um, many people manipulated and exploited within these romantic relationships. Um, but as mentioned earlier, our state in Pennsylvania, we rank 12th in the nation for most reported cases of human trafficking, and we get those statistics from the National Human Trafficking Hotline. Um, human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry worldwide, and this is recognized by all intelligence agencies, law enforcement offices uh, worldwide, that hands down this is the fastest growing criminal industry. 
And a large reason for this is because with trafficking, a human can be used over and over and over again, unlike a substance. And so criminals have recognized and distorted the value of human beings. And, and there is a great deal of revenue that, that is coming through this criminal industry. The other thing with Pennsylvania is 70% of North America can be reached within a day's drive. And so if it's not familial trafficking or staying local, for traffickers that are looking to serve a larger uh, client base, when we think of just basic distribution, somewhere like PA is a is truly a hot spot because of our major cities' roadway systems, but also 70% of North America is able to be accessed from our state. So, um, so all of this to say, we we are certainly in a hot spot, but again, we believe that you know, work can be done to combat this, and, and there is hope. While it's very difficult to hear this, we truly believe there is hope and uh, change that can come. Yeah, it is very difficult to hear. Those are some pretty big numbers. Uh, something sticking out to me is the 42% of the people that you know who you personally know them, but they've set you up for a situation to be trafficked. That's really scary and sad at the same time. Um, I think another point that you made is, uh, once I worked in politics and once I lived in Reno and it was like really highly sex trafficked and it had to do with the highway system. Um, one reason why I wanted to have you on is where we live in Dubois, PA, you wouldn't think that it's happening here or that it could happen here, but we do have two exits off of I-80 and I-80 is a big corridor for this type of behavior in these situations. Um, so I think you're giving us a good insight into that. But I'm not wrong. It can happen here in Dubois, or maybe it does happen. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you're saying, you know, being right off of the interstate, it's not uncommon for truck stops and rest stops along highways and, and things like that to, to be considered um, uh, really some trafficking hubs. And uh, there are some great groups like Truckers Against Trafficking that are working within their own industry to fight against this. And um, but the reality is it can happen anywhere um, in very rural communities as well as in those major cities. And, um, you know, for a trafficker as well, I mean, there might be less attention that's drawn in rural communities. And, again, it could be happening within, you know, an abusive family where trafficking is, is occurring. And one of the things Greenlight Operation provides is trainings to public schools as um, what we're learning is that students are, are being uh, groomed online and, and are just unaware of some of those dangers online and, and um, you know, resources available to them. And so we've prioritized training our students as well as faculty members to spot signs of trafficking. And in doing these trainings, we've had students come forward with reports as well as teachers that have recognized um, students in their own classes that are displaying and exhibiting these signs of trafficking. And again, it could be they got mixed up with a bad, you know, relationship, or again, it could have been a family member or somebody they met online. Um, and so it's not exclusive to just all of those, of course, but those are some of the more major ones that, that we're encountering. Yes, and so do you mind giving a few tips for parents and teachers? I know you can't go into a full training. We just don't have time for that. But if you could give some tips, what would you say? Absolutely. The biggest thing is have open lines of communication. Um, mm -hmm. For students especially, if they're going to come forward and they're going to file a report or share with mom and dad that 
um, that somebody has reached out to them and maybe they have fallen for some of the ploys and sent um, inappropriate photos of themselves. Maybe they've been meeting up with somebody. And if they're coming to tell you, the biggest thing that's going to shut down communication is probably our natural instincts of um, exploding in a sense or saying, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you would do that in issuing punishment. We're not saying don't, don't, you know, deal with that. But in that moment, you want to remain an open line of communication, a safe place where they can come forward. You don't want to burn that bridge, which would then push them maybe even further toward that unhealthy relationship and that outlet. And so, um, you know, communication is vital. For parents, have parental controls on on their devices, on your your child's devices. Um, That is so important. Again, as we're seeing through the pandemic that there is an uptick in traffickers reaching out through social media, through dating apps, they're reaching out um, in a variety of ways online, and many students fall for it. Uh, As we know with psychology, their judgment centers and their brains are not fully developed yet, so they're not making the judgment calls that us as adults would likely be making. And so to be aware of who they're communicating with online is so important. And we can't just be naive and think that, oh, they're just, you know, having a good time. Hmm. If they're posting it online and if they don't have privacy settings in place, especially on social media, um, traffickers can gather all of that information and use it to, to exploit and groom and um, and trick these young people. So communication is vital. Social media is a big one. And then for teachers, as we do trainings, just looking for those various signs of trafficking and signs of abuse in their classrooms and, and again, being a safe place where students can go to file a report. Yes, I, I think that's obviously a big part of it. Um, I know it's probably uncomfortable for parents, but really, really important to know who your children are talking to, how they're interacting with people, and scary to think that literally people are sitting there scouring Facebook right now for some of the worst intentions you can think of, right? I mean, Absolutely. So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, so as we as you look at this, um, I know because I've heard you speak before on a podcast, but, um, there have been, um, while it's a huge problem, there have been some success stories and one of them has to deal with, um, like training. But before I go into that, because it was tied to the story, it seems like here in Pennsylvania and around the nation that illicit massage parlors are popping up everywhere. And mm. I think part of the problem is is there are also very legitimate uh, places to go have a massage or a spa. How do you tell the difference and how should we maybe go about uh, combating that? But it seems like those are some big places for this. Oh, they certainly are. And a big reason is because in Pennsylvania, we, we really do not have regulations in our cities and towns against these massage businesses and salons. And so oftentimes you'll shut down one illicit massage business and they're going to crop up in the neighboring community because there are no laws and regulations on that. So at a very local level, um, that is a great way to be involved in, in helping stop these sort of businesses. And Um, really looking into them and ways that we can tell if it is a legitimate massage business or or a salon is, um, you know, is there heavy heavy camera usage all throughout the the salon? 
Um, if there are cameras everywhere where it feels like you've walked onto a crime scene, that's kind of flag number one. Something's a little off, and what are they expecting from those of us going to relax and have a calm, you know, mm-hmm. day at the spa? And the other thing would be um, different entryways. If there are a variety of entryways and more people are using the back entrance rather than the main entrance, that could be another sign. Um, there could be signs such as they're open 24 hours of the day. I don't know about you, but I don't need a massage at 3 in the morning. Um, <laughs> chances are you just need a good night, good night's sleep. And, and so with that, you know, we often write it off because we see it every day. We think, oh, this is normal. There's a lot of activity there at night, but it's just, it must be permissible and, and whatever. Um, but the more of us that call these business into question, and as we go into our, our township hall meetings and have these conversations, it's important to discuss what potential dangers could be within these salons. It many, many, many are used as trafficking fronts. And one of the um, success stories that, that we experienced was actually training a law enforcement officer who was, was really on his own curious about learning more on trafficking and, and wanting to, to get involved in the fight against trafficking. And so Greenlight Operation, we provide consultations with our, our police. And so we did a consult with this gentleman and we're just so encouraged by his eagerness and willingness to get involved. And after our training, he, he recognized that in their township, there was a business just like this, um, a massage business that had come in that really seemed to be sketchy. And so they, they uh, followed some of the protocols we had recommended. And, and sure enough, a couple of weeks later, which we don't always get to hear the success stories. Sometimes it's uh, you do a training or a consult and you don't hear anything but in this situation, we were so grateful. Um, this officer reached back out to us and said, Jordan, you're not going to believe it. We went in. We found that not only was this an illicit massage business and a, and a trafficking front, um, but we were able to rescue those that were being trafficked out of this. But then we also found that this massage business was also linked to a ring all throughout Pennsylvania going up through New York State. And other busts were able to occur and rescues were able to take place simply because one officer knew more about trafficking than he did the day before, and he did something about it. And that's the key for us with anybody who's receiving education on trafficking is we can all be incredibly educated on the issue, but if we're not willing to do anything with that education, it's useless. And so we've got to do actionable items. We've got to share with others about trafficking so we can better recognize the signs. If we're seeing the signs, we have to file a report, so on and so forth. If it's all just staying in our head and we're not doing anything with it, then it's not serving anybody. And so this is a great example of how education can turn to action and truly, um, in this situation, many rescues that took place. Yes, and I want to follow that up with a question for you, and I know it's a difficult one. It means that, let's say you own a building and you rent to one of these businesses. Do you think they have some sort of responsibility to, you know, for lack of better words, police who's renting from them? Um, You know, these places pop up in, you know, small small plaza areas, things of that nature. Somebody owns that building and somebody – I'm not saying because it's a fine line, right? Because 
you know, if Jordan opens a business, it's her right to do that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, the person renting the building has rights too. But do they play a role in that? Yeah. So the question is if these landlords renting out to these businesses to be held responsible, is that the question? Yes. Yeah, I think all in all, we need to be aware. And so I think there is a level of due diligence that needs to be done of who are we conducting business with, um, whether it's renting out a facility or it, you know, even us as consumer purchasing items from unethical supply chains. Are we buying from brands that knowingly use sweatshops? Are we buying and, and purchasing supplies from um, you know, places that, that we just know unethical practices are taking place, money talks. It's, right. this, this industry exists because of supply and demand. So I think it's easy, you know, in the sense landlords, yes, should be responsible, but us as consumers, are we consuming pornography that could be playing into trafficking? Are we going to the strip clubs where, um, where individuals are often trafficked out of? Are we, you know, partaking in, in just, you know, a variety of things that makes us then a consumer in the industry that is causing that demand. Right. Um, all very important. Increase. All very important and something for us to think about. We're going to take a quick break, Jordan, but uh, when we return, we'll follow up with you. Contact on okay. Connect FM is brought to you in part by our friends at Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. We're having a great conversation with Jordan Pine, CEO and founder of Greenlight Operation. Um, we have about three minutes left. I know this is a big topic. We've had great conversation. I know you have a big gala coming up. Can you tell us about that? I know it's on October 13th, and if people want to know more, they can go to greenlightoperation.org. But tell us about your gala coming up. Absolutely. So we're excited to host this gala. It's a historic acres of Hershey where we're going to have a delicious catered meal, but folks will get a chance to meet our team, hear about our initiatives and updates on our restoration homes. So with Greenlight Operation, we, we educate on the issue of trafficking, but we're in the process of opening a home that will serve women who have been exploited by sex trafficking. And uh, to be part of that solution, we are raising those funds so that we can finalize renovations and our programs. And so uh, folks and attendees will get a chance to hear those updates as well as hear from a survivor who went through um, human trafficking. And she will share some of her testimony as well as ways that each of us can um, better serve survivors and and be aware of their stories so that we can um, truly take a survivor-informed approach because it's the survivors we're serving. And so... Um, so it'll be a great chance again to meet the team, um, hear from a survivor, and then um, have a have a delicious meal. And that is on October 13th at the Historic Acres of Hershey. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a great event. I know we didn't get to talk too much about it, but uh, your restoration home is a big part of this process. Um, that sounds very, you know, it's exciting on one hand, but very sad to know that we need this on the other. Uh, but we're grateful that you're leading this Jordan and 
leading this fight to help make our Commonwealth a better place and the nation a better place and hopefully the world a better place as we continue to fight uh, this modern-day slavery of sex trafficking. I do want to thank you for coming on, Jordan. Um, But any last thought for us before we let you go? Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. If anyone would like to sign up for our newsletter for more information, um, our, our email, or I'm sorry, our website is greenlightoperation.org, where you can sign up for that newsletter. You can follow us on social media. Um, great ways to stay in touch to see what, what all we are doing and maybe ways you can get involved. Perfect. And we'll get that information out to our listeners as well. Thank you, Jordan. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope the listeners of Contact uh, will join me next week as I have... Sam Malika on. The Sandy Township Supervisor will be joining me next week for a great conversation on consolidation. Have a wonderful day.